place today and you're suffering from uh, mobility problems or movement problems with your arms or your hips or your neck, if you've got problems with arms, hips or necks, I believe the Holy Spirit might want to touch you with that. I'd like you to leave your seats, come on the platform, we're going to pray for you right now. Arms, necks, hips, problems, come onto the platform. If, um, if we prayed for you last week, we prayed for people with um, sight problems and saw some things happen last week. If uh, you were here last week, we prayed for you and your sight has improved and uh, you want to give testimony to say, you know, yeah, over the week it's got better or anything, then come up and let us know and uh, come to the side of the platform. We'd love to hear from you. Please take your seats. But if you're here, come up on the platform. You've got hip problems, neck problems, or problems with your arms or, or elbows. Uh, we, we're going we're gonna to pray for you. Holy Spirit. Come for me. Uh, your name is... Nice and loud, Teresa. Louder. My name is Teresa. What, what's your uh, problem? Since a year ago, I had a stroke. I paralyzed my left side. But I'm still having strong headaches. Some time to times. Even yesterday, I've been all, all day here. And I couldn't move my arm. The headache comes all over. My hand uh, because you had a stroke, didn't you, about a year or so ago? Was yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you've got problems with your left mm-hmm. side and your arm. And last Friday, I, uh, I started living and feeling very, very heavy in my left leg. And uh, But I keep it trusting the Lord. Okay, we're going to pray for you, Teresa, for this side will be healed and these headaches would um, leave in Jesus' name. Father, we as a congregation lift up Teresa to you we thank you Lord for the recovery of the stroke so far from that awful situation that took place a year or so ago and Lord we believe tonight for a touch of your healing to come upon your daughter Teresa right now in the name of Jesus release your power Lord your healing anointing from the top of Teresa's head to the soles of her feet. Let your healing power come into her body now. In Jesus' name, we release miracle healing. We release healing power. Father, send your healing power. Send gifts of the Spirit. Lord, Spirit, come right now. We speak to this paralysis in the name of Jesus. Be healed in Jesus' name name of Jesus of Nazareth be healed take authority also over these headaches that come out of this condition we come to the root Lord and we say let there be total restoration in Teresa's body right now total restoration by the spirit of the Lord these headaches go in the name of Jesus healing flow in the name of Jesus let this arm and this side and this leg we speak to you in the name of Jesus we speak to the arm and the side and the leg and the body and we pronounce a healing touch from the master Lord let the healing in heaven come right now into Teresa's body let fire from heaven come down the power of God come down upon her life right now and Lord bring strength and power 
into those nerves and into those muscles. In the name of Jesus, let the power of God come upon you and heal you. In Jesus' name. Just stay down there, Teresa. God is healing. Power of God's all over her. Power of God's all over her. No doubt that a healing is taking place. Who's next? What's your name? Grace. Grace. Yeah. What's your situation? Basically, I've had problems with my neck. They seem to come and go. I've been to the physio a few times, but every so often, sometimes I'm driving, if I turn over, I feel heat in my neck. I do contract sometimes okay it's off and on okay grace in the name of jesus we speak to this neck condition power of god come upon you and the healing power flow in your neck and let this condition go in the name of jesus and let there be full flexibility in jesus name who's next uh, just tell everyone your name uh, church and I try to lift up my hands and to worship God, I, hear, I have here just a pain in my neck. How long has that been going on? Last year. I, For last year. Yes. So you try to lift your hands yeah, to praise. I cannot hold uh, ah, these hands for long. Yeah, I only like this. Yeah. We're going to pray for that. So what's your name again? Sevilla. Sevilla. Yeah. Father, we as a congregation combine our faith and our prayers right now precious daughter and we ask for your healing anointing to flow like oil into this neck condition in Jesus name and let this neck be healed in Jesus name right now whatever the cause of this pain when the arms are lifted in the name of Jesus release the healing power of God gifts of the spirit Lord Holy Spirit touch this life right now with your grace and mercy your power and let the healing come into this neck right now this thing let it go in the name of Jesus flexibility and anointing and healing in Jesus name why don't you just lift your hands to the Lord right now and let's see hands as long as she wants to praise the living God and that healing flow Lord and strength come upon this body in the name of Jesus the strength of the Holy Spirit touch you in every aspect of your physical being and your soul that healing power of Jesus the restoring power of Jesus and the refreshing power of the Holy Spirit come upon your life through this precious life. How's it feel? Do you notice any difference? Huh? Yes, I feel like warm, warm is going through my body. Going, yeah. well, let's warm pray. Yeah. Warm heat. We're going to pray more. Let, let that, that's a sign of... Lord, let that warm, healing, anointing flow. 
flow. Just, just stand there for a while. Just right where you are. Just stay there. Just let that flow come. If you want to put your hands up or down, it's up to you. But just stay there right there. Just right there. Let that anointing just flow for a while. Your name? Ian. What's your situation, Ian? Three years ago next month, I was goofing with my youth group. I fell over and broke my hip. And it's still broke. And so how does that I still mess around, but it's the, um, it's aching all the time inside and in my groin. You may not want to put your hand down there, but you can put it on my hand. Yeah. Sure, got you. What's your name? Ian. 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 Lay hands on him as well, Chris. Just there. Father, let's all pray again and believe, believe for a healing touch. Lord, you're the healer. Three years this condition has been going on, and we believe in God that this was a word of knowledge. And so we release a healing touch into this hip in the name of Jesus. Let your healing power come, Father. We speak to this hip with heaven's authority and the Father's blessing. We say, be healed. We speak to the hip joints. We speak to whatever's there, the inflammation. In the name of Jesus, let there be full restoration. May this hip be as good as it ever was father holy spirit we ask you to come upon this life right now we ask you to enter into his soul and his body afresh with your healing anointing lord in jesus name we speak to this hip be healed be healed Seconds and we'll check to see how things are forward. Fatu. And situation. Um, I got accident two years ago, so my left leg is pain. Your left leg is pain. Is it pain now? Fatu. Lord, again, we all pray together. We need this is a corporate prayer anointing. And it could be your prayer that tips the balance. Remember that. Lord, we release healing power on this precious life. And that which was torn and pain that came from accident, in the name of Jesus, we release healing power. Pain go through healing power in Jesus' name. Father, we release fresh healing power on Monique's life and her body. We thank you, this precious daughter of yours servant in your house and we ask Father from the top of her head to the soles of her feet that you will bring strength and healing into her arms and legs we release that healing anointing in the name of Jesus power of the Holy Spirit overshadow you oh hallelujah more Father how's your neck doing? So okay. So I can hold hands here. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. That's wonderful yeah, news. Your name? Malashanti. And your situation. That's a lovely name. Thank what you. What does it mean? <laughs> it takes a long time to tell. You can't say, it doesn't mean something like, you're a wonderful woman or anything. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> What's your problem? I have a back problem. Um, yeah, I just 
just hurts, especially when it gets very cold. How long have you had that? <clears throat> Since I was 17. Oh. So two years ago. <laughs> Definitely not <laughs> two years ago. Remind me of the name again so I get it right. Manashanti. Manashanti. Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak to this long-term back problem. And in the name of Jesus, we release healing power. We, 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 enough is enough. And we speak, and one of the ladies just come here and lay your hands right there on her back. Enough is enough. We speak to this back in the name of Jesus. And we say, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let healing power come into your back in the name of Jesus. And let the pain go and let God strengthen you in your spine in the name of Jesus. The rest of you that are on the platform, just lift your hands right where you are. We're going to come, we're going to pray for you. Father, bring healing in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, we take authority of this bad back and these ankle pains. Be healed in Jesus' name. Chris, does anyone else just pray for them? Can you notice any, any difference? Yeah, I'm feeling like better. Quite better? Yeah. How can you tell? Um, it's, now I'm um, feeling just less. Does it hurt usually when you walk around? or? Yeah, usually. Do you want to just walk around a bit? Just check it out a little bit. Let's see that it's not just a momentary sort of pain going, but there's there's, there's something there. Do you, can you notice any difference? Or my anything? leg was twitching. Oh. And then it's all shifted. The pain's moved to my butt. So you've still got pain, but there's a shift. Yeah, definitely shift. Definitely we'll, shift. We'll, we'll pray again. Thank be, you, my friend. Because sometimes things shift. God is working on the inside, so the leg was going wild. Thanks, mate. Let, let's all pray. Come on. Let's really drive this home tonight, eh? We don't want a partial healing if we can believe God for a... F so that's right, I can feel your presence. Father, in the name of Jesus, you're doing something there. Our brother can feel it. And so, Lord, we ask you right now, let that thing shift, not just around his body, but out of his body in the name of Jesus. Pain come out and healing come in and restoration come in. In the name of Jesus, release this healing miracle, Father, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name. Where's uh, uh, the one? Um, Teresa, where's Teresa gone? Where's she gone? Come, come on up, come on up. I just want to hear, because God was all over you powerfully. just want to hear if, you've, if you can feel any difference or move any difference. Still affected, are you? Can, can you notice any difference? Can you do anything different? Yeah, I feel, I feel, I don't know. I started feeling hot. It's like someone pulling my my arm, my leg, and uh, and the stuff began to hold myself. My body was shifting to the left side, and uh, what's happened? I don't know. But I felt very hot all my body. Can you move your like arm in different ways and yeah. in different? Is that could? It, it, could you do that before? Is it different? No, I couldn't do that. Couldn't do that? No, because it was heavy. Beforehand, beforehand, what would you have been able to do with that arm? How high would you have been able to have lifted it before? I have to lift it with 
Oh, so you would you wouldn't even be able to lift it up? No, because I'm still doing exercises to go on. Show and us again that. what you can do. Well, I, I could do if I want to. Usually use my right hand. Yeah. And I want to do some that something I drop. But your left hand. I want to, yeah. If I'm. Uh, it's I always your right. I want right. to do because as a part of exercises. Use my right side to hold the left side. But now your left is what? Okay. Oh, okay. You couldn't, you wouldn't been able to have done that before. I feel my, my, my leg very light, very light, very light. And uh, let me see. Oh, that's wonderful news, Teresa. Wonderful. Oh, I can't even do that, and I am healed. I'm, I, th I think you, I really believe, do you know, the, you have been through so much, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. So, she's been through so much. I've been completely disabled, and uh, all my face is dripping to my left side, my eye, my mouth. I think and, you've, um, I think you've finally I been I can use the eye shoes. Excellent. <laughs> well done. Yeah, thank I'm you, Lord. That's wonderful. You. Amen. Anybody else notice a difference? Oh, okay. I want, I want to thank you for my uh, thank you, a big thank to the church where I belong. Even yesterday is an, a year now, on the 20th, on the beginning of this March, January. I don't know. I was saying today to my cell, cell members the first time I've been, and uh, they would celebrate my funeral to, this week, this month. But it was by God's grace, it was exactly a year ago. Exactly a year ago, January. And I've been through to June, the same disability. And the prayer of the house, my friends, the hospital at my house, cooking, shopping, helping me to stand up, was amazing. And we give glories to God for the house I belong to. Thank you. Anybody notice anything different uh, after you've been prayed for? I know you mentioned, how was the walking, was that? Yeah, it was okay. Okay. Yeah, still can. painful a bit? No. Because we can still keep praying for you if that's it. No, it's gone then. Yeah, it's gone. But we'll believe that this continues. I, I still need prayer. Right. I, still, I want to thank God for this house of house, this house of God, for what He has been doing for me. My life, my life has changed. How since, has it changed? Yes, yeah, since I know the Bible. Did you become a Christian here? Or, or yes. When did you become a Christian? Three, three months ago. Three months ago here at KT. Yeah. Uh, thank you. God sent someone to help me, and that person is in this church, but I don't know who is it. So did someone so, invite you to come or tell us your story? How yes. Did you, how my, did you... my friend invited me. She's the one who is standing here. Oh. So she's the one who introduced me to the Bible. So... And she said, God loved me. So when I started reading the Bible, I can see it. I'm seeing myself there. So thank you. Thank you, Lord. And thank you for everything wow. he had. So three months ago, you were in fact, was it a friend, a neighbor, a work colleague? Um, she came to my house to do cleaning. Wow. And you said, would you like to come to church? <laughs> no, I started telling her about the difference between Christianity and Islam. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and then I gave her some leaflets. Wow. <laughs> you know, there's some very grateful people on the platform today. Isn't that wonderful? Really, that must touch us. All right, wonderful. Thank you, everyone. How's your hip? It's still. I, I might kick someone when I sit down, but well, <laughs> I'm going to yell at it all week until it's gone. Brilliant. Thank you. Let's Thank you. believe it's something shifted today. God bless you. Oh, yeah, okay, you got... My hip feel a lot better oh. in the joint. Yeah? I, and um, I may not walk terribly well in my knees, but I persist over whatever might trouble me. So you feel but a bit more flexibility? I feel a lot better. Oh, excellent. A lot better. Oh, good news. Thank God. Thank God. Thanks, everyone. Wow. You are welcome in this place. In the river of your spirit. In the wave of your grace. In the rise of this. You are welcome in this place. In the river of your spirit. you turn with me to Exodus chapter 33 verse 12 Moses said to the Lord 33 12 Exodus Moses said to the Lord see you say to me bring up this people but you've not let me know whom you will send with me just bring these monitors down just a little, not much. Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me your ways, that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. And he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And he said to him, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us, so that we are distinct? I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth. And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, please, show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and will proclaim before you my name, Yahweh and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy but he said you cannot see my face 
for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock, and while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I will take away my hand, and you will see my back, but my face you shall not be seen. My face shall not be seen. Then chapter 34. Verse 5. Yahweh, or the Lord, descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of Yahweh. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, Yahweh, Yahweh, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love faithfulness keeping steadfast love for thousands forgiving sin and transgression and sin but who will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation Moses quickly bowed his head towards the earth and worshipped and he said now if I now find favor in your sight O Lord Please let the Lord go in the midst of us, for it is a stiff-necked people. Pardon our sin and take us for your inheritance. Show me your glory. What a powerful interaction between a man and his God. And um, God had promised him the promised land. And God had said, go. But God himself was not going to go and Moses was like wait a second it's not enough that you've promised us victory in the future it's not enough that you've told us good things are going to happen it's not enough that you've given us your promise and your word I want you I want you to go with us Moses was so wanting God to be with him that it was more important than all the things that God had promised. It was like Moses was saying, what's the point of being in a promised land if you're not there? What's the point? I've got to get no joy drinking milk and eating honey if I'm not drinking milk and eating honey with you. I'm going to get no joy in the pastures of Canaan, no joy in the, the victories and the harvests if I can't enjoy them with you. Moses was saying that even though you promised us all these things, if I can't enjoy these things with you, I don't want to enjoy them at all. Isn't that amazing? And that and what's going on in this? A man is touching God's heart deeply. We are seeing an incredible relationship of love friendship deep companionship between God and a human being it's intimacy of the highest order respect of the highest degree love of the highest manifestation you know the Old Testament was pretty bruising times 
pretty tough times. I mean, even, even where they were going, they were going to go in and raise cities to the ground and warfare against enemies. It was a rough, tough world. It, it, had, a, it had a long way to go before it would, would get to the maturity of the New Testament times and New Testament gospel. A long way. But here is a man in the midst of a rebellious people, an immature people, with an immature understanding of God, who all they cared about was the milk and the honey. All they cared about was that it was manna for breakfast again, and manna for lunch again, and manna for dinner again. And they, they weren't really bothered whether God was with them or not, just change the menu, please. And, and so the, these people weren't really bothered about God at all. In fact, when Moses was up in the presence of God, even though God was visibly demonstrated on Mount Sinai, what were they doing? They were building their own calves, golden calves, and going after other gods. They didn't, give, they didn't care about God, what they want. They wanted what was in his hand, but they didn't want to seek his face. Whereas Moses here says, do you know what? I don't want what's in your hand unless I can see your face unless I can be with you. And I'm not going to go up. God might have said, well, I'll send my powerful angel. And Moses, I don't want your angel, I want you. Well, I'll send this sign and that sign, and I'll give you power in your staff, and I'll gift you, and give you abilities to take the land, and my promises will come to pass. And Moses said, I don't want that. Well, what do you really want, Moses? What do you want? Success in ministry, prosperity, new territory, a place in history, a leadership anointing. What do you want if you don't want the promised land? And he just said these incredible words. I mean, this is an incredible thing to ask. We have, by and large in the Western church today, lost the fear of God. Lost the fear of the Lord. I include myself amongst that. Lost the fear of God. You know, we are far too buddy-buddy with God. Far too blasé with the things of God. Far too... We, we could do with, with, with a little bit more fear of the Lord. I don't mean fear of judgment. I mean that healthy respect that He is the King of glory. And Moses says to him, please show me your glory. What an incredible thing. What, is it, what does he mean, show me your glory? Well, this isn't some sort of like power manifestation. What he wanted to see, he wanted the most intimate experience with his God possible. That's what he meant when he said, show me your glory it wasn't some charismatic experience I'm all for charismatic experiences it was I want to be as close to you as possible I, I don't want to just hear your voice I want to see you I want to be with you I want to experience you I want deep intimacy with you Lord and isn't it amazing how God said to him I will make all my goodness pass before you 
Think about that word, goodness. Goodness. This, this word, goodness, is the very nature and attitude of God towards his people. You know, we say the phrase sometimes, don't we? God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And that's a great statement to make. But to experience his goodness and his kindness, to actually experience this, I will make all of my goodness pass before you. What, what must have that been like? Because we need a fresh experience of God's goodness. Because why? Because the world's full of badness. That's why. Because we ourselves struggle with badness on the inside of our lives. It's called the flesh. And bad things happen. And disappointing things happen. And discouraging things happen. And, and people treat us badly. And sometimes we treat others badly. I know we're a work in process. But there's a fall and badness. And what, what we need is God's goodness to come into our lives. You could call it God's love. Just an experience and a deep inner knowledge that God really is good all the time. Now James spoke about this. The book of James. James spoke about this. He said, you know, you're going through various trials, difficulties. You're um, fighting one another. You're, you're a mess. And some of you are blaming God. In the broken situations that you find yourself, the difficulties, the disappointments of life, when things don't happen like you really hope them to happen, then what's happening is, is you're thinking, this is not good. What I'm going through is not good. What I'm experiencing is not good. What's happening is not good. And then what you're doing is you're projecting that on God. That's why James said, don't blame God for what you're going through. It's the most natural thing in the world to blame God. Natural thing. And James says, don't blame God. Why? Because God is good. <clears throat> well, let, me just, let me just quickly read what, Je what, what James says about God. says verse 13 of James 1 let no one say when he is tested I am being tested I am being tempted by God for God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one but then verse 16 do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. The picture is of a sundial, and as the sun varies and changes its course in the sky, then the shadow on the sundial changes, doesn't it? And that's when you know. And 
the only time there's no shadow on that sundial is when it's noon. When it's noon, when the sun is at its fullest, there's no shadow of turning on the sundial because it's directly shining on it. A couple of minutes after noon, shadow begins to appear again. And what James is saying is, look, you're going through difficult times. Some of it's your own fault and some of it's just a, a, a world that is, that is not as good as it should be. Do you remember when God created the world before the fall? What did he call it? Good. Kept saying, and he saw it, and it was good. And he did it, and it was good. And he created, and it was good. And then right at the end, he looked at it all and said, it was very good. God created this world perfect. Just like, you know, if you created the world, you wouldn't have created it like this, would you? Us in our fallen nature, even we wouldn't have created a world like this. Cancer and evil and earthquakes and... And, and animals eating animals and, and death and we'd, we wouldn't have created those things aren't good and if we were God we wouldn't have created it and as evil as we are do you think God created like this? no the testimony of the Bible is that God created everything good when God created the world there was no dying no sickness there was no sin there was no evil there was no sick. I said that no sickness there was, there was none of those things it was totally and utterly good one day when there's a new heavens and the earth, he's going to wipe away every tear. And again, there'll be no sickness, no dying anymore, no pain anymore. This is God's plan. God is good. And James is reminding them, saying, look, God hasn't changed. The world's changed, and that's our fault. That's our ancestor, Adam, and us in Adam, we broke what God gave us. The world's changed, but God has not changed one variation, one degree of variation. He is as good today as he was when he first created the world and it was perfect. He's not changed. He's good. God is a good God. And we need to experience his goodness in the midst of badness brokenness, disappointment, discouragement, disillusionment, but we need to connect with God and, and, and experience through the word, through preaching, through prayer, through our walk with him, an increased experience of the goodness of God. So imagine Moses, when, 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 when God came to him and said, I'll make all my goodness pass before you and proclaim my name Yahweh. Remember what the word Yahweh means. Whenever you see the, the word in the Old Testament, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Lord, it doesn't mean Lord, it means Yahweh. And the word Yahweh, translated from the Hebrew, is this. I will be to you whatever you need me to be in any given situation. That's what Yahweh means. I am who I am. But literally it means... I am whatever you need me to be in any given situation. Not I am what you want me to be, but I am what you need me to be. And sometimes what we want God to be and what we want God to do is not what God wants to be to us, not what God wants to do, because he's got something better on his mind, and that's called faith. And so this goodness would come. And isn't this wonderful? 
He says, I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Goodness, graciousness. What does that mean? Undeserved blessing and love and favor. Isn't it wonderful to have a God that you don't deserve? Tell you what, if you got if you got the God you deserved, you'd still be in your sins and facing eternity in hell. Because that's what we deserve. See that in a moment. But thank God we've got a God who's gracious. And we can call on his graciousness, call on his goodness, trust in his mercy. Whatever situation you find yourself in, if you're going through a difficult time, or if you're in a bad place yourself, if personally you're in a bad place, involved in doing bad things, if you're, if you're, if you're involved in a dark place in your life today, here today, or, or watching on the internet, and there's darkness in your life, thank God there's more grace, more mercy, more goodness. And in chapter 34, it says that the Lord descended, verse 5, in the cloud and stood with him there. How amazing. To actually stand in the presence of God. For God to actually come down from heaven and to stand as a friend with Moses and to, and to respond to this call, show me your glory. And then he can't see his front. It's too powerful. He wouldn't live. But the Lord passes by him. What must have that been felt like? To feel the presence of the Lord passing by. And all you can feel penetrating your body and soul is goodness. 100% positive goodness, mercy, graciousness. That's God's glory. Penetrating the very being of Moses. And then the Lord defines himself and what his glory is all about. This is all about his glory. And he says, the Lord, or Yahweh, in other words, Yahweh, Yahweh, or I will be. This is, this is what God is literally doing. His glory is there. His presence is there. He's passing by Moses in the most intimate relationship and moment possible. And he's declaring this. Remember what Yahweh means? He is saying, I will be who you need me to be. I will be who you need me to be. A God of merciful and graciousness. I'll be slow to anger, abounding, rich in, that is. Rich in steadfast love, love that doesn't change, love that doesn't falter. And faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. What an experience of the divine revelation of God. I will be who you need me to be. I will be who you need me to be. And I will be that that you need me to be with mercifulness, graciousness. I'll be slow and ang to anger. I'll be patient with you. I'll abound in love that will never fail. 
that you can rely on. It's steadfast. Faithfulness that is steadfast. It won't be there one day and, and gone another. Sometimes in life you think, where's God gone? God was there. Where's he gone? Look what's happening. Where's God gone? Why has it all gone upside down? What's happening? Nothing's moving. Where's, he was here last year. I saw the goodness of God. And now where has he gone? Has he, has he abandoned me? Has he forgotten me? Have I done something to offend him? And he's turned my back on me. All these things here show that that's not the case. That's not who he is. It's his glory. Now, when we talk about glory, what do we mean? Because you might like, what, what is glory? Well, in the Bible, glory has two main dimensions. Two main dimensions. And it might be worth making a note of this, because I find that when you talk about the glory of God, sometimes people get all, ooh, it's sort of like mystical. It's sort of, ooh, mystical. What's the glory of God? I don't know. It's a, is it a feeling? Is it a... The glory of God in the Bible has two main dimensions. Reputation and radiance. Reputation and radiance. Now, the reputation aspect of God is what he's just been saying. This is God's glorious reputation. He's gracious. He's merciful. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in steadfast love. He's faithful. He forgives sins. And he'll be who you need him to be. That's his reputational glory. Now, when we talk about someone's glory on earth, it's their reputation, it's their renown, it's their esteem. I think it was yesterday, was it? Um, Winston Churchill's anniversary of his death. And, and people, Well, they were saying that many people think that Winston Churchill was England's greatest son. And you think of the greatness of Churchill, what do you think of? His reputation, don't you? The things that he's, did, he did, he's done, his, his acts, his esteem, the, the, the honour that he's held in. His, he is impressive. He stands above many politicians of, of the past and, and even the present. And even today, when you, when you have somebody that's very powerful in, in the politics or there's some debate going on in Parliament and, and people are standing and giving their opinions and then they say, oh, wait a second, they're about to bring out the political heavyweights. You know what I'm talking about? The big guns. Well, what do you mean? You know, isn't someone's argument as good as another? No, here come the big guns. Here come the heavyweights. And when they stand to make their argument, everybody's hushed. They're not even given their argument. But there's a hush, there's a respect. Why? Because there's a, there's a glory, there's a reputation. You know, when, when there's certain people stand to speak, you listen, don't you? Other people stand to speak, you walk away. Why? Because someone's got a reputation they're worth listening to. This, this is glory. This is what we mean by God's glory. His status, his reputation. This is why God's acts are so important, because you bring glory to him. We use the phrase, somebody has gravitas. There's a heaviness, there's a power, there's an authority. When they speak, they don't speak empty words. You know 
that when they say something, they mean it and they've got the power to make it happen. This is glory. This is the type of glory that we talk about. That's reputation. And we just heard the reputation that God was speaking. And God wants to have a reputation in your life. Do you know that? Thank God the Bible tells us of his reputation. If you want to know his glory, his reputation aspect of his glory, you read the Bible. Or you can hear about his reputation in history. Or someone can give a testimony to what God did in their life. And that brings him glory. Why? Because it's his reputation. What, God did that for you? Yes, he did that for me. He delivered me. He, he held me. He, he took me forward. And you go, wow, and I'm giving God glory. Yes, you are. Because you're declaring his reputation. And God wants a reputation in your life. He wants not only to say, merciful, gracious, slow to anger. He wants you to say, oh, I know that. I can't believe how God saved me, you might say. I was such an enemy of God, such a God-hater, you might say. But you know what? He was slow to anger, merciful, gracious. I don't know why he was gracious with me, but that's his sovereignty. I'll, have, I'll be gracious to whom I have grace. I'll give mercy to whom I'll give mercy. And, and you've got, you're, you're giving your testimony and you've got a reputation. And God wants to build his reputation in your life. That's what he did with Moses. God wants you to experience the glory of his reputation. And that comes through experiencing him in daily life. Going through different situations. Seeing him at work in your life. On the inside and also in your circumstances. He's building his reputation. You see, if you, if you, if you want to, you know, it's like you meet somebody and they've got a good reputation. And someone says, oh, I'd like you to meet so and so. Let me tell you something about so-and-so. Oh, he's a great person and has this attribute and this characteristic and, and everything. What they're doing, there's a reputation that's going ahead of them. And I'm telling you, I'm giving their reputation. But you don't know the person. You know them by repute. But then when I introduce you to this person, something new takes place. Now you're experiencing the person of the reputation that I've, I've, I've spoken about. Now you can find out for yourself whether this person is really the person that you've heard by reputation. You know what I'm saying? People talk about when they meet somebody and they say, oh, often it's a TV star or somebody. Usually they come back and say, I can't believe how small Tom Cruise was. You see him on TV, he's huge and everything because he's on TV and everything, and he's so small. Well, you finally met him. You get, you get to find out what it's like. You know what I'm saying? And so it's great to hear about God. That's what preaching's all about. It's great to hear testimony. But God wants you to experience his glory. Moses experienced his glory. And as he came, he came with a reputation. He was telling his own reputation. He said, this is me. I'm merciful. I'm good. I'm compassionate. I'm faithful. I'm steadfast. God was telling his own reputation. Well, Moses was going to find out about that reputation himself. He'll be like, Lord, 
I heard these things about you. I heard, Lord, that you were compassionate. I heard that you were merciful. I heard that you were faithful. I heard that you were good all the time. I heard these things, but now I have experienced them. You know, it's like Jesus. People heard this reputation and, and came to him and said, well, you know, you know, remember when he went to that woman at the well, the Samaria, and he ministered to her. She got saved and he prophesied. And what did she do? She ran back, didn't she, to the village. And what did she do? She told everybody about him, about how wonderful he was. And Here's a man that told me everything I ever knew. And reputation went ahead of him but then what happened the people came out and met Jesus for themselves and by the end of his ministry they said to him we heard of you from the woman but now we know it's true because we have experienced you ourselves God wants you to experience him these reputation, this is who he really is, you know. These aren't just some aspects of his glory. These are the main attributes of his glorious character that I was reading. And God wants you to experience them. God wants you to be able to go saying, The Lord, the Lord, he's exactly what I need him to be in whatever situation. I found that in my situation. The Lord, the Lord, I've experienced his his, his graciousness, his, his patience, his love, his steadfastness, his faithfulness. I tell you, I've experienced it. I've seen it. I've been in a hard place and he came through for me. I've been there when, when I ran away from him, but he kept pursuing me all those months. He never let me go. These things are no longer a reputation of his glory. I have experienced his glory in my life. And every human life is designed to experience these reputational, glorious parts of God. And the more you experience His faithfulness and His graciousness and His mercy and His love, the more you experience them in real life, not just in sermons or in Bible readings or hearing others talk about it. But you, my friend, experiencing this God with these glorious attributes being who you need whatever you're going through and, and, and building this, this type of experience show me your glory he wants to now that is his reputational but there's another aspect of his glory reputational God wants us to experience his glorious reputation in our daily lives so that we, we can say I have experienced these aspects of who he is and tell you about them that's the meaning of life. Show me your glory and experience it. But there's another aspect I said. Reputation. Radiance. Now this is an amazing thing, this. The glory of his radiance. This is the very expression and outshining of who God is. It's not just God's faithfulness and his characteristics. It's his very being shining on you. And this is often demonstrated in different ways in the Bible. Light or the cloud. So do you remember the children of Israel? They had cloud during the day and light at night. 
What was that? That was God's glory. God was in the cloud. God was in the, uh, the light, the fire at night, the pillar, thank you. God was in it. In other words, during the day, you could walk in the shadow of the cloud, shielding you from the blazing wilderness sun. You could walk, you could see it. It was there, it was the cloud, it was him. It was his outshining. It was his manifestation. He was in it. He's bigger than the cloud. He's, but he was in the cloud at night in the freezing cold of the desert. Not only was God the greatest nightlight a child ever had, but you could walk out of your tent and you could just lift your face towards the pillar of light and it was like a beautiful radiator the warmth beautiful radiator that's what we talk about radiators it radiates doesn't it from the radiator radiating heat and you feel the heat of the radiator or, or the fire God's radiance or light when Moses came down from Mount Sinai and there were like three million people when he came down from Sinai, his face was so bright, it was like 50,000 football floodlights coming out of his face. I mean, it must have been like something from Star Wars when he came down that mind. I mean, Moses is coming down from the mountain and three million people can't even look. And that's the, that's the glory on the face of a man. They can't even look. In fact, they say, please, it's too much. Three million of them, not just the ones who were close. Oh, there's a bit of shining on you. No, that sweat. Oh, no, there's a bit of shine. Oh, can you see? No, this is three million people, and the person right at the back couldn't take the glory, the radiance, the shining. It was God imparted on his face. So what did he do? He took a big veil, put it round him. What a shame. Thank God 2 Corinthians tells us that we with unveiled face reflect his glory. Not just his reputation in our experience, but literally his presence and his shining. We, uh, we think of the cloud that filled the temple when Solomon dedicated it. And that would fill the tabernacle of Moses. We think of Jesus when uh, he took Peter, James and, and his brother Peter, James and John and led them up on that high mountain of transfiguration and it says and he was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun I mean not just shone like a lamp or a light or a floodlight his face shone like the sun, have you ever looked into the sun in its full glare, you look away, it's dazzling isn't it his, what must have that been like clothes became white as light I mean white lightning I mean so white a whiteness you know those bright lights that are so bright that they give you a headache whiter than white and then appears Moses and Elijah and they're talking and, and then uh, he was still speaking when behold a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased listen to him and you know I won't 
talk more about it, I don't need it. But do you know, one day, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Okay, I better do this quickly. You see, this glory, do you know that God is going to glorify you? God is going to glorify you? We just thought glorify, glorify is reputation and radiance. And you're going to be glorified. Romans chapter 8, verse uh, 28. And this is why glory is linked to experience and life on earth. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Now listen, here's the day. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Now here, see how it ends up. Verse 30. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. You're already glorified. You say, I don't feel very glorified. No. But what this is saying is God's end will be done. God wasn't just out to choose you. That wasn't the end of it. God wasn't even just out to call you. There's more to it. He called you for a purpose. He wasn't just out to justify you and forgive you of your sin. But the end, end aim of God is to glorify you. You're going to be glorified, fully glorified. That's where history is taking us. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I, and, I, and I'll just read this and then you'll get where we're going. I'll come back to this another day. But someone said, how are the dead raised? With what kind of... 1 Corinthians 15, 35. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? You foolish person. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. What you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare seed, perhaps of wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen to each kind of seed its own body. But not all flesh is the same, for there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind and the glory of the earthly is another. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars, for stars differ from stars in glory. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown perishable will be raised imperishable. What's sown in dishonor will be raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it will be raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it will be raised a spiritual body. Your body's going to be glorified. It's going to be glorified. It's going to... God wants you, God wants to glorify you, and He's doing it in two ways. He is wanting you to have a reputation. Not just to experience his reputation. God wants you to have a reputation as a man and woman of God. That's what, that's what happened to Abraham. He was known as a friend of God. 
That's what James said. It wasn't just that he believed, but he put his faith to work. He gained a reputation. He believed and he got his Isaac. He made his mistakes, but Abraham was a man of faith repute. Rahab the prostitute didn't just believe that the promised land was going to be given to the children of Israel. She cooperated. She made herself a reputation. And that prostitute, well, I'm declaring her reputation to you today. We talk of great men and women in history, people that we've known, maybe not great in history, but Christians that we've known in the past. And their lives and their fruit have come to us as a reputation. It's their glory. Not the glory that God won't share, but it's the glory of God in them. And if glory is reputation and radiance, then that means God wants to display His glory through you. He wants you to show one another and to build a reputation of a man or woman of God. That's the glory. When people see God's glory in you, it's because of your reputation. It's your actions. You're, you're like God. You're kind. You're patient. You're slow to anger. You're, you've got goodness coming out of you. Forgiveness coming out of you. A reputation. God is being glorified through you. And His glory is, is there. There's a reputation. That's why there's a reward in heaven. Because we're going to get rewards for the reputation of God that's come through our lives as men and women of God, friends of God. Reputation. But finally, there is also coming onto the earth a fresh manifestation of radiance glory. A prophesy. And this is what we long for. This is what we want. We want revival. We, don't, we want the reputations of God to experience Him. We want a reputation of being a man or woman of God. It brings glory to Him. But we also want radiance, presence, outshining, manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our personal lives. We want to encounter the power of God, the presence of God, the manifestation of God, not just in our mind. We want to be able to feel God, touch God, shake under the power of God, see outbursts of glory penetrating through the veil into the earthly realm. Angels are carrying glory. This is what God, this is what we want, manifestations. We want the double glory the reputation and the radiance. God, we've got to call on the Lord. Why don't we just stand with the Lord right now? We're going to just spend 10 minutes just basking in His glory. If you need to go during this time, you can go. But let, let's just respond. We haven't even begun to see God's glory. But we're saying to ourselves, show me your glory. That's what we're saying. That's what we were. Show me, O oh Lord, the glory of your name. Show me. Show me your reputation. Let me experience it. But also, Lord, begin to pour out in these days radiance. Radiance. In us as individuals, but also as us together. Let the glory of God come. Pour out your glory, Lord. Be glorified through us. Let your reputation be seen again on the earth and experience. Let your radiance once again shine. In Jesus' name. If you need prayer, 
ministry team are at the front. If there's anything you need prayer for while we're worshiping the Lord, just for five or ten minutes or so, if you need to go, that's fine. But just bask in this message.